This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. I'm Kate Bendel, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. Join me every second Tuesday at 10:30 as we explore all things to know about yoga. My passion is to open the doors of this powerful practice to the community and to share that passion with you. The Dunedin Yoga Lady, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oar.org.nz. Good morning and thank you for joining me for the Dunedin Yoga Lady. This is a show about yoga and I'm Kate Bendel, the host of the show. The reason I'm doing this show is to share my love of yoga and hopefully to inspire people perhaps who don't already do yoga to have a go at doing it or to perhaps deepen understanding if you already practice yoga. So the information I share mainly is things I've learned through my lineage, things that have been passed down to me from my teachers. Um, So the first thing I want to do before we dive into the show is just do a short chant that is just paying respects to my teachers. Shri Krishnavagi Shayatishwarapyam Samprapta Chakrankana Pashasaram Shri Nod Narangendrayatau Samapitaspam Shri Krishna Mariang Guru Varya Mirhe Virodhe Katike Mase Shatatarakritodayam Yoga Charyam Krishna Maryam Guru Varyam Aham Pashe Shri Guru Pyo Namaha So today I thought we would explore how the idea of how do we do a yoga practice it's all well and good to be doing a practice but unless we've been given right instruction on how to do it we may not be getting the most out of the practice that is possible yoga is extremely popular which is fantastic and it is also Um, lots of people are saying if you do yoga you'll get peace of mind if you do yoga you'll reduce your anxiety if you do yoga you'll become enlightened if you do yoga you'll be happy forever after there's all sorts of claims laid to yoga and a lot of them are true there is amazing benefits from doing yoga and they are benefits to your body to your mind to your emotions, and to your spiritual dimension. However, I would suggest that those things are only going to be achieved at, because they do talk about them in the in the scripts and the ancient yoga um, scriptures. They're only going to be achieved to the degree that we practice yoga in the way that it was intended 
Because if you think about how we don't do something has a huge impact on the results. Just if you think sort of uh, maybe just a really mundane domestic way of looking at this is how, like we all have to do our housework, right? At some point or other, we have to clean the house. And I noticed myself the other day cleaning the house, as I often do, because I had people coming over for dinner. And I noticed how well I cleaned the house. I was really thorough and really careful and noticed all sorts of grubby, dirty bits that I hadn't noticed for months. So I did it very carefully and thoroughly. Whereas there can be other times that I'm doing the housework just because I have to and I want it to be done as quickly as possible. And I do, you know, what could be considered quite a shabby job, but I do it. And I'm doing it very differently. And so there are clear instructions in Patanjali's Yoga Sutra about how we are meant to practice yoga. Often this bit's missed out in classes. Um, maybe people haven't read the Yoga Sutras, the teachers, or maybe they haven't had time to explain it. I'm not sure why. But without proper instruction on how to do it, there is a possibility that we're really not doing it in the way that it was designed to be done. And yoga, because we see the asana or the postures, these sort of external images of bodies doing things, we have no indication from those, particularly if it's a static image, we have no indication on actually how is the person doing that? What's the process that's going on while they're doing that? Because the posture itself is not the yoga. The yoga happens when we do the posture in the correct way. Because remember, I've mentioned it before, yoga is about, it's a state of mind. So we can only achieve that state of mind if we do the yoga in the way that Patanjali uh, Maharishi Patanjali all those years ago wrote the Patanjali's Yoga Sutras so what I would like to do next so this is just a reminder this isn't Kate's idea on what yoga is this is what has been taught to me which has been passed down through a lineage of thousands of years so it is quite traditionally based and the reason that I've ended up taking heed of these scriptures is because I did yoga for a long time with a, a lot of intensity and I was really seeking. So I was a really serious, sincere student. And I looked in a lot of places to find the answers of why, the why and the how. And unfortunately, not many people could come up with the answers within even the yoga community. And eventually I did find this lineage of Krishnamacharya yoga, and they very clearly have pointed out the how and the why of yoga to me. So again, I'm going to refer back to doing a chant. This chant is to Patanjali, um, just in honor and respect of the yoga sutras that he wrote, and to acknowledge that what we're going to be talking about is what he says, not Kate's ideas. 
Yastyatvarupamatyam Prabhavati Jagataha Anikata Anugrahaya Prakshena Kleshara-shihi Vishama Vishadaraha Anikavatra Subhogi Sarvajnana Prasutihi Pujaga Parikaraha Kritaye Yasya Nityam Devohishaha Savuvyasita Vimalatanuhu Yogado Yoga Yuktaha so, what Patanjali tells us about how we're meant to practice asana, he does it quite succinctly and very clearly. So he does this in um, Yoga Sutra number 246. And we've I've mentioned this before on the show because it's so important. This is where he talks about Stira Sukham Asanam. So this is this idea that for it to be called asanam, for it to be an asana, which is one of those, I guess you could say, body positions or postures is the best translation I could say. For it to be considered asana, which is what we do in yoga, it must contain stira and sukham. So stira is this idea of steadiness. And sukham is this idea of comfort. So that's just worth thinking about, particularly if you've done any yoga before, or you've been in the yoga class, or you've been following along to a YouTube video. Often it's very easy to get caught up in this idea that we see a teacher or somebody else's body doing something, and we do whatever we can, we force and push and squeeze ourselves into positions that we think cl as closely as possible match what the teacher's showing us or the person on YouTube showing us. And quite possibly without even knowing that the qualities that must be in there are steadiness and comfort. So if we don't even know that from the outset, we're going into the yoga practice with the on the wrong foot. We're going in there in a way that we're not going to reap all the benefits because we're going in there not knowing that for it to be asana, which is the very reason that we're doing it if we're doing yoga, that we've got to make sure that we have steadiness and we have comfort. And that's in the body that's in the mind, and that's in the breath. So if you're in a class that's going too fast for you, which sometimes modern yoga seems to have speeded up a wee bit in, in some class settings, this vinyasas can be super speedy. If it's too fast for you and you can't breathe in a long, smooth breath, already you're not doing yoga, unfortunately, because you don't have comfort and steadiness in your breath and so you might be achieving other things for sure you might be getting a workout and it might feel good and you might clear your mind to some degree 
and these are all good things and I'm not saying that they're not worthy pursuits but what I'm trying to get across here is how to do yoga in the way the traditional way as a path a path of personal spiritual development so that means there that we have to have steadiness and comfort and then the only the second thing he says potentially mentions about how to practice is the following sutra 247 and this is prayatna shaitilya ananta samapati pyam so this is saying that how how do we get comfort and steadiness stira and sukha in our asana what do we do to achieve those two things? And he's saying here in number 247 that we do two things. One, the first thing is that we put in appropriate effort without tension. So again, I'll say that once more because it's so important. Appropriate effort without tension. Often in classes, we can, I've seen it as a teacher, I've done it myself as a student, I've put in a lot of inappropriate effort because I really want to be able to stretch there. I really want to be able to achieve that twist. I really want to impress the teacher or a variety or a combination of those reasons or my ego mainly. It's my ego is invested in me going further or being the best or achieving and striving. So when I bring that mentality to my practice and when I see students bringing that mentality to their practice, again, that's not yoga. If you're practicing in that way, we've stepped outside the parameters of what is a yoga practice. Because remembering, I've mentioned it before, the idea that this yoga is not just for the physical body, it's also for your mind, obviously, and your, your spiritual body and your energy body. And when we push and bully ourselves, the energy body that we're meant to be letting flow freely will get blocked and there's pushback you think when you're working with anything when we work gently and kindly that's when there's movement that's when there's give that's when there's reciprocity oh, I can't say that word um, but if you think if you're working with if you want to achieve something and you're working with somebody else yes you can bully and boss them and the outcome, you might initially on the surface appear to have got what you want, but ultimately there's not good feeling. There's not, there hasn't been a generosity or a, a, a mutual exchange happening in there. And it's the same with our body. You can push it, but ultimately that's not going to give you the relationship, the long-term relationship with your body that's going to take you on a journey, a yoga journey of self-discovery and freedom. Remember, that's the end goal of yoga, is freedom. And so this idea is that we're trying to unblock 
the blockages that we already have. And yes, sometimes it can be tempting. It's like we feel some resistance somewhere. We know we've got a stiff shoulder or our hip hurts and we're kind of breathing and stretching and leaning into somewhere. That may be appropriate if the breath is still long and steady and we have ease and comfort. But sometimes it's inappropriate because we're pushing some other part of the body and we're just going to create a, a different block somewhere else. So this idea of appropriate effort, it, it can take a while. It can be part, a process of learning what's appropriate. And if you are not used to working with yourself in a slightly quieter way, there can be some stories that we need to let go of about, you know, no pain, no gain. Maybe that's less fashionable now, but I remember in my youth, which was a few decades ago now, that was definitely a thing. It was like, you have to push through. Well, yoga would say the opposite. If you're doing that, you're not doing yoga, you're doing something else. And the other thing that is mentioned in Yoga Sutra 247 is this idea that we put relaxed effort in and while we're doing this, we are meditating on the infinite. Now that's massive. We could do a whole show about that and we might one day. But so this clearly he's saying for it to be yoga, for it to be asana, while you're in those postures, you're feeling easy and comfortable and steady and you're also meditating on the infinite. And there's many interpretations of what that could mean. And I'd say to some degree, there's a, a cultural context for that. One of the options that is given um, through our lineage is this idea that the breath is infinite. We can't say where the breath starts and we don't know where the breath ends. So meditating on your breath while you're in asana means that yes you're doing yoga correctly as it was meant to be if you're like focusing on oh I'm trying to stretch my hamstring or oh my hip flexors are sore that's not meditating on the infinite it's, it's, it's fixating on the body and yoga is a process that uses the body to get beyond the body and a lot of people kind of get stuck there or are not given the right information or tools to recognize that to, to practice yoga in a way to get all the benefits of yoga, we use the body, we connect the body, we're present with the body, but ultimately we're going beyond the body. So another example of what this idea of meditating on what is infinite or unlimited they use in this sutra he uses the word ananta so in indian mythology ananta refers to the snake who carries the world on his head and lord vishnu rests on this so this is a beautiful image because the the coils of the snake are arranged in spirals and they make it like this comfortable juicy seat and at the same time the raised hood of the snake is carrying the weight of the entire universe on its thousands heads 
So it's got this ease and comfort, but it's also incredibly steady and strong. And what that image of the snake, this coiled snake, or which Ananta, which is carrying the universe, some of the things it symbolizes are things like peace and serenity. It's just sitting quietly on the cosmic ocean. It also suggests comfort or pleasure even. It's kind of curled within itself in a very cozy way. It's representing stability, balance, strength, power, endurance, vitality. But this is carrying the entire universe without getting tired or fatigued or trembling. It also suggests attention and concentration. It's not distracted. It's not turning its head, looking around, not looking out the window while it's doing yoga asana. And it also represents fearlessness because it's not worried, despite the fact that often in the images there's an eagle, <clears throat> which is its enemy, nearby. So yoga can bring us all those qualities. They are some of the things that are promised in a long-term yoga practice when it's practiced in this right way. And so this can be achieved with very simple asana. You don't necessarily need to feel that to be doing significant yoga that you need to be progressing down the linear path of trickier and trickier asana a point comes where that's not appropriate <clears throat> and you might already be beyond that point but you still want to do yoga and you're a very very qualified to do so when you understand that the things that you are seeking for it to be a yoga practice are not, it doesn't say anywhere in the yoga sutras that you need to learn to stand on your head or you need to learn to do the most complicated asana. What it does say is this idea that you need to develop steadiness and ease, that you need to put in an appropriate effort with a relaxed body and you need to take your mind to the infinite to connect with some form of the infinite. It may be the breath, you may have your own cultural or personal belief about the infinite. It doesn't, it's not bossy about what that is. So you can, you know, that's available to anybody. So I would encourage you, if you're listening and already you're doing yoga at home, just to include what I've talked about in your practice as it exists. Just to kind of expand the bubble around your practice and practice in this way. Or equally, if you haven't done it before because you thought you were too old, too stiff, too fat, too whatever to do it, you're not. Because the physical body is the, the, the smallest part of it. We're using it to achieve these things. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me on the Dunedin Yoga Lady. If you want to see any of the classes I'm doing at the moment, just jump. But most of them are at New Yoga. So it's go to their website, which is new, spelt N-U, New Yoga. And there's some classes there. Um, new students are always welcome. And even if you feel complicated, complicated is okay. Injuries and illnesses, 
are all part of yoga. You don't have to be in good health to take up yoga. And I also have a website, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. Oh, I should remember the dot. I, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. I suspect it. I can't remember. You just have to Google it. I'll remember for next time. Um, but there's nothing significant on that. Anyway, just tune into the show next week um, in the next fortnight, and I'll make sure I'm crystal clear about those details. And thank you for joining me. Um, it's been my pleasure. I'm Kate Bendel, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore all things to know about yoga. My passion is to open the doors of this powerful practice to the community and to share that passion with you. The Dunedin Yoga Lady, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oar.org.nz. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.